0: The Higher Power of Lucky by Susan Patron Chapter 6 How Brigitte Came Brigitte swung up the steps to the kitchen trailer carrying two plastic sacks full of government surplus commodities. Even though it is only eight o'clock, I do not want to see the temperature in centigrade, she said. If I see it only in Fahrenheit, I am not so shocked. I do not let myself know what it really means, Miles. Do you want to wash your hands? No, thank you, said Miles. Lucky watched as Brigitte pulled government food out of the sacks, canned pork, canned apricots, butter, and a chunk of something orange. What's this stuff? Cheese? She asked, picking up the orangey brick-shaped thing packaged in a waxed box like a milk carton. It said, United States Department of Agriculture, on the wrapping. It felt soft. The last Saturday of the month, free government food got delivered to the town. You only received free government food if you had quite a small amount of money. If you had too much money, they wouldn't give you any food. Most people in hardpan didn't have regular jobs, and maybe they got a check every month out of having a disability, or being old, or from fathers who didn't like children. But it wasn't very much. Most everyone in hard pan qualified for the free food. We will see, said Brigitte, slitting the carton with a small knife. She sniffed the cheese. Lucky leaned in and smelled it too. Usually the kind of cheese that Brigitte loved smelled like dirty socks and had to be tightly wound in saran wrap. So it didn't smell up the whole fridge This cheese had no smell at all. I do not know about this cheese, said Brigitte, frowning. She cut off a small corner and held it out to HMS Beagle. HMS Beagle stretched her neck forward, her black nose almost touching the piece of cheese. She studied it with her nose twitching, then sighed and turned back to her place by the door. Brigitte made a (sniffs) sound, a little blast of air, and tossed the small corner of cheese in the garbage can. No wonder it is free, that cheese, she said. No one will pay for it. Miles began pounding his heels against the banquette. Lucky said you would tell me the story of how you came to hardpan. To take care of her," he said. Brigitte shrugged. "You know already, Miles. I come on the airplane after Lucky's mother died. Why didn't Lucky's father take her himself?" asked Miles. Brigitte poofed air out of her mouth in a way she did to show she thought something was ridiculous. He is. She said, in some ways, a very foolish man, Lucky's father. Miles looked at Lucky to see if she agreed with this or not. Lucky stuck her face closer to his and made big eyes at him as a way of telling him to shut up. Miles stuck his face out and made big eyes at her as a way of saying he still wanted to know if Lucky agreed that her father was foolish. Lucky said, so my father called up his first wife, who he was married to before he got married to my mother. And guess who that was? Miles stared at her. Who? He said. Brigitte, said Lucky. Her? Asked Miles. He turned to Brigitte, hugging his Buy More store bag to his chest. He frowned at her, and then at Lucky, to show he didn't want to be teased. "'Of course, me,' said Brigitte. She glanced up at a shiny metal thing, like a vase on a high shelf. Lucky knew what was in it, but her mind did not like to stay thinking about it. Her brain went hopping off like someone crossing a stream by jumping from stone to stone quickly, so they wouldn't have time to think about slipping and falling into the water. If Raji was married to Lucky's father, then she's Lucky's stepmother, Miles said. Lucky felt a little bit hypnotized, as if she were apart from herself, and the self leaning on the sink was a totally other self. No she said slowly, because they were married before. Lucky's father and I were married before Lucky was born. Miles, Brigitte explained, her mother, Lucille, and I did not know one another. But Lucky's father called me because he knew I would come, she shrugged. In France, I have no job always I want to see California. He knew I would take care of Lucky for a while. So I agree. I say to him, you buy me the ticket and I will come. I have already the flight booked, he said. You leave Paris tonight and arrive in Los Angeles tomorrow. So I fly to Los Angeles with my red silk dress and my high-heeled shoes and only My one little suitcase. What happened when you got to Los Angeles? Miles asked. Lucky knew that Miles thought L.A. was a terrible place where people drove around in their cars all day from morning to night. He and Short Sammy spent hours listening to L.A. traffic reports on the radio. Lucky's father has rented a big American car that is waiting for me at the airport, Brigitte said. I drive and drive and drive, and finally the city ends and the desert starts. Then I drive and drive and drive. Brigitte air drove a car, her hands dripping a pretend steering wheel. Until there is no more people, only desert. A lot of desert. I'm a little frightened because there are too much space everywhere and I almost drive into a cow and her little veal, her little calf, Lucky said. Yes, the cow and her little calf. They are in the middle of the highway. Finally, I drive until there is no more road only dirt streets. There is a little sign, hard pattern, POP 43. And I am sad because Lucky's maman has died. So now it is POP 42. They never changed the sign though, Lucky realized. But because Brigitte had come, it was still a true sign after all. Brigitte squeezed into the banquette next to Miles. Did you find Lucky then? No. When I get out of the car, I see that it is very, very hot. As hot as today. But I had not ever been so hot in France. Brigitte told the story in her excited French way, which was a way, Lucky thought, that made people listen more thoroughly. So I go up to this house and it has a glass tower On the roof, I do not know it is Captain's house. Of course, I do not know any person in America except Lucky's father, who is in San Francisco. I am afraid to speak bad English, so I do not know what will happen. The man at the door has long gray hair and he is wearing some kind of big shirt with a rope for the waist. His dusty leather sandals and his beard. Make him look like a person from the Bible. The captain doesn't look from the Bible, said Miles. He looks normal. To me, my first day in America, he looks actually like someone who has lost his marble. Later, I discover how nice he is when he drives me back from Sierra City in his van after we return the rental car. Don't they have people like the captain in France? Asked Miles. Not exactly, said Brigitte. Next, what happens is I say lucky and I explain everything in French, but he does not understand. Then he says, oh, oh, lucky, because I have been saying this name with my accent the way I did before. Lucky. Then he takes me up the hill to an old metal tank with a door in the front. Short Sammy's water tank, Miles said. Yes. Yes. And Sammy comes out, but I do not know he is... I see a tiny man with a hat, like a cowboy, but a miniature cowboy. I think no one has told me. America is so strange. Lucky remembered this part brilliantly because she had been there, peering out from inside Sammy's water tank house. Her first sight of Brigitte, reminded Lucky of the beautiful ladies on Short Sammy's calendar. Every month there was a different lady looking very sparkly and smiley and not wearing too many clothes. Brigitte's dress fit more like a bright red slip except the twirly skirt gave you thoughts of dancing. Plus her blonde hair was shiny and bouncy and her lipstick was the perfect exact same red as her dress. Her high-heeled shoes and creamy, clean neck made Brigitte look way too French and too fancy for hardpan. But the thing she remembered most strongly was that something bad to do with her mother had happened, and she was at Short Sammy's, and her mother wasn't there. Did Lucky know you were her guardian? Miles asked, smoothing the plastic of his Buy More store bag, as if soothing a cat. No, said Lucky. She wasn't yet. I was going only to stay a short while, Brigitte explained, just until Lucky can be placed in a foster home. I promised her father that I tell him that I must go home to France after. Brigitte fanned herself with a piece of waxed cheese carton. Miles asked, Was I born yet? Yes, said Brigitte. You were a fat little boy of three years old then. Almost a wild child, running everywhere in the town. Your grandmother is always looking for you. Brigitte shrugged. I try to understand American customs, but they are so different from mine. and lucky for a long time, cannot sleep unless I am with her. She is of course very sad and missing her maman. Was I allowed to do anything I wanted? Asked Miles. He tucked the plastic sack tightly around his book. I thought it was perhaps the way of all American children to be so free, Brigitte said. I wanted Lucky to have a good American foster family who's letting her be a little bit free and also giving her some discipline. Will Lucky have to go to a foster family when they make her take care of all the other little foster brothers and sisters? Miles had asked Lucky about this before. It was something he had seen on a TV program. For a long time, we cannot find any foster family for Lucky. Then, her father tells me all the paperwork for California will be easier if I become her guardian, especially because Lucky and I, we have already the same last name of Trimble. I say, okay. Brigitte got up and continued to put the government surplus food away, frowning at the canned pork. Lucky was thinking that even though Brigitte said okay, she meant only until they did find a foster family. And if she had to take care of all the crying orphaned babies in her new foster family, that would mean leaving Hardpan. Then the sign that still said Pop 43 would really be wrong. But what Lucky wanted most was for the sign to stay the same, forever, with no subtracting allowed.